Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. And we're talking about forgiveness. This is part two of our If Only series, and we're talking about forgiveness. And I think there's I think there is somebody that we all need to extend forgiveness for, and that's whoever it is, these people that control daylight savings time. <laughs> so I think we should all just need to take a minute and extend forgiveness for, man, they rob daylight from us in the fall and sleep from us in the spring, and it's just the most annoying thing in the world. And I have to repeat this process all the time. Anyway. But yeah, I had to practice some forgiveness this, this uh, weekend, actually. I had to forgive my wife. She talked me into, uh, she's a health coach, and she talked me into running through her plan with her because her company is launching an app, and they want to beta test the app. And so I, Thursday I started, and, and it's a really good plan. It's, a, it, it's wonderful, but the first three days can be a little tough. You're going through this cleansing and healing process, and your food is extremely restricted. So I start this plan on Thursday. So yesterday, I go to the St. Patrick's Day Festival in North Myrtle Beach, where I find myself soon surrounded by shepherd's pie and corned beef and Rubens and funnel cakes, and I can't touch any of it. I got to feed some to the kids, but I couldn't touch any of it. So I, I had to work on forgiving her a little bit yesterday. But actually, no, I, I, that was, I, I volunteered to do that, so um, she probably needs to forgive me because I've been a little grumpy the past few days. So I need to, I need to ask for that forgiveness because it has a, a negative effect on me those first few days. It's rough. But um, yeah, we're going to talk about forgiveness today. And I've told this story about this kid, Jeffy, before, and I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I'm going to get right to the point of it. Jeffy didn't really have good social skills, and he was very young, and he, he was playing in our yard, and he threw a ball, and he hit, a, hit our other neighbor girl in the face. I happened to be the one in charge at the moment, charging out the back door when all the kids come screaming, Jeffy hit Gracie in the face with the ball. And so I had to go running out there, and Gracie's like, she's a little tiny, and she's just red, she's just fire, red hair, and her attitude's just like that. She doesn't get hurt. She's tough. Well, she's crying and I'm like, oh, Lord, something bad happened. So I picked her up, and, um, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, okay, Lord, what do I do now? How do I handle the rest of the situation? And the Lord answered my prayer. An angel comes running up beside me, and my wife starts talking to the kids, and she knows just how to handle all these situations with the kids. And so she talks to Jeffy, and she ex- explains to Jeffy what he's done and that um, he should probably go to Gracie and make it right. And so she brings Jeffy over to Gracie. And, and, and Sarah says, okay, Jeffy, do you have something you want to tell Gracie? And he says, uh, yes, I'm sorry for hitting you in the, in the face with the ball. And then so Sarah turns to Gracie and says, do you, do you accept his apology? And she says, yes, I forgive you. And then we went and made everything right. It was about time for the kids to go, go home. And so Sarah walks over and talks and says, we would love to have Jeffy and his little sister Emma come back and play and so, and wouldn't you kids? And kids said yes, and everything was wonderful. That is textbook, you know, infraction, forgiveness, and reconciliation, restitution, all in a nice, neat package. Problem is, is it never happens that way because we are rarely outside of that kind of control, inside of that kind of controlled environment. 
And so forgiveness gets sticky. But the thing is, is no matter whether that person comes to you or not, forgiveness is still in our court. The Lord puts that in our court. I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll jump into a scripture. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for every person here. And I thank you for your forgiveness that you've extended to us. I just pray that we would have today that revelation that would set us free, that we could walk in forgiveness. We could extend it and receive it in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. So Matthew 18, uh, verse 21 and 22 says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And in other places, he says 70 times seven, which is a much higher number. And so since this series is called, if only, our first point is, if only they hadn't hurt me that badly. I could have forgiven them if only they hadn't hurt me, hurt me that badly. So when Jesus says this about 77 times or 70 times 7, he's not putting a number on it. In fact, he's saying that the number doesn't matter. It's infinite. You don't count it. You keep forgiving. And so that is what is in our realm of responsibility. This does not mean that you have to stay in a terrible situation. This does not mean that you need to stay when you're in your marriage, when your spouse is repeatedly, repeatedly uh, cheated on you. It does not mean that you're in an abusive situation, that you need to just keep forgiving and welcoming that back into your house. See, forgiveness is unlimited, but sometimes you need boundaries on a situation or a person in order to be safe. So you, you, you forgive without limits, but without putting yourself in a bad situation. That's how that works. Our second point is understanding. We need to understand the difference between a few things when we begin to walk into this forgiveness process, right? So if only understood the difference between Forgiveness, consequences, and reconciliation. Those are three different words, but sometimes it gets muddled up in there when we're trying to figure that out. Um, So we need to figure out first, what is forgiveness exactly? So from the passage of Scripture, the Greek word, which some of my liberty friends might be able to help me a little bit more with this word, I don't know. Apheomi means to send forth, forgive, cry, leave, lay aside, omit, remit, and suffer. It puts it in our court to let it go. The English word forgive means to release the offender. Let it go. Don't let it hold you back anymore. Let it go. See, Jesus has sent forth our sin. He's omitted it. He's suffered our sins. He's sent as far as the east is from the west, and he's forgiven our sin, and we are to be likewise, to do likewise. So if we understand the difference between forgiveness and consequences, consequences are, are a little bit more uh, involved. And in Romans uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 17 and 19, you see, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. 
Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. And a little side note here, in verse 18, if it is possible to live at peace, kind of goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. Living at peace may involve a change in living arrangements and forgiveness, but in order to live at peace, it may involve some boundaries. Now, let's see if um, we can learn a little bit of the wisdom from the wisdom of the Beverly Hillbillies. I think Granny can teach us a couple things about forgiveness here. So let's turn your eyes to the screen and see what Granny has I sure to wish say. I could invite you into the kitchen for some coffee and victuals, but Granny's so mean and cantankerous when it comes to... Pearl, forgive me. I'm the one that set the law on you. Please forgive me, Pearl. I'm so ashamed. Forgive me, Pearl. Don't let Jim throw me out of the class. You set the law on me? Oh, I'm low, Pearl. Awful low and mean. Step on me, Pearl. Step on me. Step on me like you would a worm. Jump on me. Grind your feet on me. Break it up out of the Pearl. Mr. Policeman, run over me. I don't deserve to live. Run over me and throw my poor old mean body to the buzzard. All right, Granny, now that's enough. But Pearl hasn't forgiven me yet. Mr. Policeman, give your gun to Pearl and let her shoot me. Don't me stop that. Put a curse on me, Pearl. I forgive you. I forgive you. But I deserve to be punished and punished bad. Sing to me, Pearl. Granny Pearl don't say she forgives you. Am I taken back to the clan? Am I welcome to the bosom of my family? I reckon. Pearl, you are me. You can have anything I got anytime. You can have any part of my kitchen. Throw me out of it. Set the dogs on me. Jethro, take, take your granny into the house, please. Sure, Ma. Did you want her? No, I didn't want her. Want me, Pearl? Oh, Jethro, take her in the house. Come on in the house and want me, Pearl. <laughs> granny, great for entertainment, uh, not so much for wisdom on, on, on the process of forgiveness. Able to offend in the, in the middle of an apology. So it's whereas, whereas the story of Jeffy is, is the perfect situation, this is almost completely the opposite. So Granny is very confused about the word. I think maybe she needs to get some Bible learning. She needs to go back and learn a little bit about what consequences are and who's delivering them. So she's under the mindset, which some people are and some societies are, that it, the, the person that was offended is the one that inflicts vengeance and consequences upon the person who was the offender see and granny just doesn't get that that god god will take care of them but the truth is you may not ever visibly see those consequences and although probably most of us wouldn't admit it some of us are kind of waiting We think we've forgiven, but we're waiting for the hammer to fall. Because surely a person that lives like that and does those kind of things to people, they've got it coming to them. Surely. So even though we're not ready and willing to admit that, some of us are still holding on to that thing that the consequences should come. And that's God's decision about consequences coming. When we have 
consequences <clears throat> for those that are, that are offenders, then we have those that are the offended. There's, what are the consequences for walking around in unforgiveness? Like, how much do you think this little tiny bottle of water weighs? Anybody? Any guesses? Half pound. That's probably a good guess. If I put it on the scale, it'd probably be about a half pound. But, you know, honestly, the truth is that that, that part doesn't really matter. Because if I hold it just for a minute, it's not an issue. If I, fold, if I hold it for an hour, my arm's going to become a little stiff. And if I hold it for a day, likely I won't be able to move my arm by the end of that day. It's going to become sore and paralyzed. And this is what it's like holding on to unforgiveness. The stress and the worries are like this little bottle of water. You hold it for a little while, it's not a problem. But you hold it a little longer, becomes to, starts to weigh on you. And if you hold it for years, it can really cause some damage to your soul, your spirit, and even to your physical body. It can leave us incapacitated. So we have forgiveness. We have consequences. Now we have reconciliation. See, the understanding of reconciliation here <clears throat> is that the person that's the offender is willing for a couple things to happen if you're going to have reconciliation. First of all, they're going to accept responsibility for what they've done. Second of all, they might need to welcome some kind of accountability. If this is an ongoing type of thing that happened multiple times, they might need to welcome some kind of accountability to end the behavior. They can't be defensive about being wrong. They've got to own it. And they can't downplay the hurt and the pain that you went through. Or if you're offender on the other side, you can't downplay the hurt and the pain that somebody else went through. You can't justify it and, and push it away. And then you can't resent any doubts about your sincerity because trust has been broken. Need to make restitution where possible if there's something like something was damaged or something like that, maybe replace it like a physical object as much as possible, make restitution. See, forgiveness is free, but trust is earned. We give the forgiveness out freely, but the trust has to be earned back, and that's process. Again, like verse 18, if it is possible as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That peace may require some boundaries until the trust is earned back. And so if you happen to be the offender, you need to think about these things when you walk into it. Be prepared for it not to be easy. It could be very difficult. But if you're earnest about it, you'll dive into it. So now that we understand the difference between these three, how do, if, you know, if only I could forgive them now, how do I do that? How does that happen? The author, Henry Nowen, says this about forgiveness. Forgiveness is the name of love practiced among people who love poorly. The hard truth is that all people love poorly. <clears throat> we need to forgive and be forgiven every day, every hour, increasingly. That is the great work of love among the fellowship of the weak that is the human family. 
That is the great work of love among the fellowship of the weak that is the human family. Wow, that's good. That's grace, too. That's grace. So, how do we do this? First of all, we have to name the hurt. How are you hurt? What sin was committed against you? Was it deep? Because that's what happened. If you were hurt really badly, a sin was committed against you. And sometimes it's hard, to, it's hard to say that. It's hard for that to pass your lips. But you need to say what it was. If you were the one that was cheated on multiple times, you know, so you left me in a place of abandonment. You left me feeling rejected. That's how this happened. You know, you got to say it to yourself. You got to say it to the Lord. Then you need to name the person kind of goes without saying. I need to understand what, um, you know, sometimes sometimes you don't know who the person was. My car was broken into when I was in college, and $35 was stolen from me that would have to be all my change. I dumped out of my change jar I've been collecting. I was poor in college. You realize this. I sold plasma in college. So I was, $35 was like everything to me. And I happened to be at work, and a smash and grab right into my car pulled my backpack out and $35 in change that I was taking to the bank the next morning to get cash for it. Oh, my gosh. Then, after I got married, my truck got stolen one time. Got the truck back, but all the tools were gone. And then another time, we had our shed broken into, and my air compressor, riding lawnmower, and several other things stolen out of there. Now, in none of those did I know the person, so I can't name a person but I still need to extend the forgiveness, and it ain't easy. So uh, then third part is we need to name the root. And this one's a little bit more difficult to understand. So the root is what has buried itself in you as a result of what you went through. See, Matthew 18, 35, Jesus says, This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And typically there's something that's taken root in your heart. Like the example I gave of the person whose first love or, you know, marriage or whatever, they cheated on them repeatedly. So uh, the root of that might be mistrust. What has grown inside of their heart is mistrust. And so that lack of trust with future relationships can cause serious damage. It can lead to more breakups and more heartbreak. And the worst part is it can be good people. You can enter in relationships with good people, but because of that root of a lack of trust, you're breaking their heart, you're sending them away, you're pushing them away because you don't trust them. So now that root has not only, that infraction has not only affected you, it's become a root, and now it's affected other people and caused heartache and pain for other people. You don't understand why that root needs to be identified. And it's not always readily identifiable. Either That might be something you, you have to, to sit and meditate on. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to get a chance to ask the Lord about that in a minute. So if you're not feeling quite motivated to forgive yet, I got a couple of medical reasons that you might want to forgive. The University of Maryland, the Institute of Human Virology, in a study says, the program's preliminary work suggests that forgiveness lowered the stress hormone cortisol that in turn affects the immune system, but only when the patients forgave the ones that they blamed. 
kills your immune system. You know something else that cortisol is responsible for? Belly fat. <laughs> so we all want to keep our cortisol under control. In the University of Wisconsin Research Department, those who received forgiveness training showed improvements in blood flow to their hearts. Well, I just find that weird, but it's true. I mean, you know, your heart is pumping blood to every part of your body. It's giving life to every part of your body. And when the flow is restricted to your heart, it can't push enough back out. So that probably affects everything. I mean, that affects your performance. Your blood flow to your brain is hurt. Make you foggy. It can do all, make your decision-making poor, all kinds of stuff. Another one. Ohio State University found that highly stressed women had lower levels of natural killer cells than women who reported less stress. The natural killer cells have an extremely important function with regard to cancer because they are capable of detecting and killing cancer cells. Psychological interventions such as forgiveness have important roles in reducing stress and improving quality of life, but also in extending survival. That's from Barbara Anderson, professor of psychology at Ohio State University. And we should always let what Jesus did for us motivate us to forgive. <clears throat> Jesus, hanging on the cross, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And that forgiveness has rung out through thousands of years to us. And it's here for us. Why shouldn't we extend it? Danny Silk, who's a teacher, preacher, tells a story of a guy who was struck by lightning. A guy he met was struck by lightning and had, and had an experience in heaven before he, and came back to life. And in that experience in heaven, God asked him, did you learn to love? So what is learning to love? So we think we love, and how do we learn to love? I would argue that forgiveness and walking in forgiveness is a huge part of learning to love those around you, those in our faith community. As Henry Nouwen said, forgiveness is the great work of love. The sister of DePayne Middleton doctor gives us an example of this forgiveness. DePayne was killed when Dylan Roof opened fire in Emmanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina in a Bible study. And her sister says this, I acknowledge that I am very angry. But one thing that DePayne always enjoined in our family is she taught me that we are the family that love built. We have no room for hating, so we have to forgive. Pray God on your soul. That's what she said to the murderer of her sister. We are a family that love built. Seacoast Vineyard Church is a family that love built. We have no room for hate. We need more forgiveness. And a quick story about me. We don't always know we don't always, it's not always known to us that we're holding unforgiveness. My parents were divorced when I was four. We moved away from that town uh, when I was six because my mom needed some boundaries. She needed 
that space, and we moved here. And when the, from the time I was six to the time I was 25, I saw my dad three times. Now, I knew that had some effect on me. I got saved at age 23-ish or so. And, but I, I heard a teaching about forgiveness, and I was like, I don't know. I wanted to cover all my bases because I heard if you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. And so I was like, okay, all right, yeah, I must be. I've heard enough. Okay, I need to forgive my, my dad. I'm sure I do. But I didn't feel it. I didn't know it. I would never have known unforgiveness was in there. And then I began to hear more teaching about the effects of our relationships with our parents and how it affects our relationship with God. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want anything affecting my relationship with God. So if there's anything in there, Lord, I'm giving you permission. Do it. And my wife took me to a meeting one night with some people that were teaching that very thing. And we got there kind of last minute, and I heard like 10 minutes of the teaching, and then there was some ministry. He invited me up, and the, um, it was a guy and his wife, and the guy came by, and he said, look, you, you just relax. You just lay here on the floor. I said, Okay. And he came back a second later, and he said, you have questions, and God wants to answer them. I was like, I don't have any questions. About what? I don't have any questions. So as I lay there, I said, but Lord, you do what you want. And as I lay there, up from my gut came, why did you leave? I had never in my life consciously wondered why that happened. But... From that point, I was able to release a forgiveness because I realized where my unforgiveness was. The Lord showed me that place of my unforgiveness, and I was able to release it. And I have a relationship with my dad. We go down. He lives in Florida. We make it down there a couple times a year so he can see the grandkids. Um, you know, and it's, it's not an amazing relationship when you have, like, you know, 20-some-odd-year period where you hardly see each other. It's, it's not quite the same, but it's good, and I'm happy. I'm happy that I can extend that to him. So I want to give us a chance here. I want to give us all an opportunity. Give the Lord an opportunity. So what I'm going to have you do, I think, is just all stand up real quick. Now, I'm not about what I call digging in my own garden, but we want to allow the Lord to show us some stuff. Just maybe, Bob, just sing like a little chorus or something like that. And I want you to think about this and ask the Lord, is there a place that I have unforgiveness that I need to release? And then we're going to do something with it here in a second. Come form your heart, O oh Lord. 
Jesus, your heart. Lord, here we are. We're opening our hearts to you. We're choosing to trust you right now with something, something very difficult. Lord, would you help us? That's what I want you to do. done this probably in, in you know in vacation Bible school but we're going to do this would you put your hands out Once I want to get some activity going with our what we're doing I want you to ask the Lord what that hurt was see if you can name that hurt and I want you to imagine that hurt going into those hands this root thing, but this root thing might not come right now. It might take a few days, weeks even, to be fully realized. But Lord, help us. Show us how that thing that we've held on to has hurt us, has hurt others around us. Lord, because we want a crop failure for that root. We want it to die. Father, I choose Actually, let's go ahead. Let's repeat after me. Let's do that. Ready? Father, I choose to release and forgive that person. And I release them into your hands. And I release them. Release them up into his hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that weight being removed for that pain being removed off of myself and those around me who have had to live with it. We just thank you for that, your grace. There's one more thing. If you have never received the forgiveness that Jesus offers, I want to give you an opportunity to do that now. We talked about sin and infractions earlier and sins against us. We have all sinned one way or another. And if we've never received the forgiveness of Jesus, we've not really been fully forgiven. To be in a reconciled relationship with our Lord, with our Creator, with our Father in heaven. And if you would like to do that, if you've never done that before, would like to do that, just put your hand up really quickly. I want to pray with you. Father, I would like to bless all of the eagles in the room and thank you for them, for them showing up here, being here this morning, being submitted to your call, being willing to go forth and do what it is you're calling them to do. I pray peace and joy in their lives and I pray for them to have a depth in their relationships with one another. And for that to be 
an outflow into the world around them, to people around them. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.